The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, James and Betty's grandson, Chris Turner, shares his personal journey of growing up, hearing that Jesus heals, but then his mother passed away from cancer. Sometimes Jesus has to physically lead us out of the place where we currently are in order for us to see clear. And that's exactly what had to happen with me, is Jesus said, I'm gonna take you somewhere so I can show you just a bigger picture than your own world and just to have a bigger idea of who I am. Today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have our grandson, Chris Turner, with us. And let me just say this. I brought out his uh, wife, Brittany, and their little girl, which is our fourth great-grandchild, and introduced them. I want you to see them. Introduce them to the whole audience. <laughs> let me just tell you, this is our grandson. This is Chris Turner, and this is Brittany, and this is Ella. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking to... Uh, to Chris on the program tonight, but I wanted to <laughs> let our audience know that this is, uh, and our viewers, this is our fourth great grandbaby, <laughs> and you are the sweetest thing it ever was. Well, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got to introduce the family. Yeah. That little sweet. girl, she's a smiling as <laughs> yeah. girl. You're smiling yeah. pretty good. Yeah. She get that from you and Brittany smiles. I don't know if she gets it from me, but she gets it from her mom. <laughs> well, Chris, I count it an honor to talk to you because I have tremendous respect for you and for your brother and your sister. For Cody and for Callie, we love y'all. And, and your dad, Ken, is... I got to say, one of the most remarkable men I've ever known. And uh, our daughter was... Uh, Precious, and uh, I remember when he called and said, "I'd like to date your daughter. I'm serious <laughs> about her. Ask your permission." He did. Uh, kid, I've never seen anyone love their wife more beautifully, faithfully, in times of tremendous trial toward the end of her life. You were incredible, and what a dad you've been to these kids. And mm -hmm. Chris, uh, I know how much you love your dad, and how much you loved your mom. But we. We miss her. It was tough to say goodbye, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's never a fun season to to lose a loved one. But like you said, I have an amazing family, an amazing dad, and um, who did an incredible job demonstrating the way you need to lead and love your wife. So I I agree. I I want to honor him with that. So. Well, you know, I don't think we exaggerate when we talk about your mom being the. Uh, most expressive person, and would you agree she was a woman full of faith and expressed her feelings very clearly? Oh yeah, she was. She's the strongest person I've ever met, that's for sure. <laughs> and so she, she demonstrated faith, and um, I believe that all, all three of us are where we are in our walk with God because of her. And so she was tremendous. The, uh, the little beautiful little Ella, I was holding her this afternoon, just just the two of us, and smiling, but I, I couldn't help but think how your mom would love to have been holding her because she was the greatest party giver. And you know, yeah. we approached Christmas and you know how she loved to decorate <laughs> and all things she liked to do for all the kids in the school. Yeah. And I was thinking just uh, the joy that she'd be having, but she's watching us right now. Do you have a sense that mom's looking in on that little granddaughter that she 
had hoped she might get to see her grandkids someday, but you think she's looking in? I think, I, I think you know, the Bible says, right, that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, and I think there's times when Jesus is going to just like, hey, look at that. You know, <laughs> just like, I, I think there's a way that um, anyone that's lost someone, that they get to be, feel like they're a part of it and feel that sense. Tell me what you went through in your journey because you knew how much your mother believed, I'm going to get healed. You saw sure. her experience healing twice in a battle with cancer and then suddenly came back in the final time. She uh, found the healing in heaven. But how, how did you sure. deal with all that when you heard what she uh, said all the time? Yeah. When you know what your own church, Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Pastor Willie George and now Wick, his son, such a great pastor. Willie, love you. And Wick, God bless you. What a tremendous leader you are. But what would you go through there with the loss of your mom? You know, I, I think a lot of it was just um, dealing with the idea that God may be different than I thought he was. A lot of us, um, you, you know, uh, the way I like to put it is this. I heard this quote is sometimes um, God is nothing more than an idealized version of ourselves mm. in our own eyes. We don't see God as this bigger than he really is. And I think for me, one of the things I struggled with was I saw God heal my mom twice. I saw, I saw God do some incredible things. Um, and my struggle just stemmed from the idea of God healed everyone in scripture. Like everyone that came to Jesus, I can't find one instance of him sending them away, not healing them. And so for me, it was dealing with, we have been coming to you as a family. We've been praying all the right prayers. We've been doing all the right things. We've done all of them. Why, why was she not healed? And I had a lot of questions. And so I really, really began to struggle just internally with, I can't, what can I really believe God for? What, what prayers will God answer? Are they just subjective? Like, so I began, that was what kind of began my journey there. Where'd you end up? Well, it was, it was a, an interesting journey because I think sometimes whenever, like when you're a blind person, you may not know you're blind. And that's kind of how I was. And so I got to the point where I was really relying on um, intellect um, to reason that even God exists because really the rationale goes, all right, so either God is not real or God's a liar, but this perfect God I grew up believing in can't be, can't be real anymore. That was where my, my thought process went. And so I was relying on just a little bit of intellect. And um, the reality is, is you can't reason your way to salvation. You can't reason your way to um, a belief in God and rely just solely on intellect. And I was listening to a sermon one day and the pastor said, um, just the, the quote he said was this, and it's, it's really wordy, but he said, intellectual assent to correct doctrine is not salvation. So basically just you arriving there by way of your own mind and intellect, you can't just arrive um, using your brain at Jesus. And God has to work on your heart. Like you have to give your heart to him. And so when he said that, it kind of began to, to turn some things in me. And he, he said, if you don't love God and you don't love people, stop calling yourself a Christian. Hmm. And for me, I sat there in my car and um, be, actually just was moved emotionally and I realized in that moment, I don't love God. I don't. This God I grew up believing in, I, 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 don't, ha I don't love you. I'm kind of just falling in line to 
serve you, I guess. I'm, I'm, I've, I'm living the correct life morally, but a true love heart dependent upon God was not there. And it was in that moment that I just was, I kind of got to the end of myself. What happened? I, um, from that moment on, I, um, I, I began to just look at God differently. And for me, I felt in that moment, I don't know why it was into that moment that God said that you always wanted to go on that, on a mission trip. And you always wanted to go, uh, you always wanted to go with the team to Africa. And it's the weirdest thing, right? So like you're in this moment where you're struggling emotionally and God's like, go to Africa. And so that's kind of what I felt um, deep down. There's a story in Mark chapter eight where the, the village brings a blind man to Jesus. And Jesus grabs him by the hand and leads him out of the village. And then that's where he spits on his eyes, touches his eyes, and he sees men, but they look like trees. And then he touches them again and he's healed. But the part of that, as I've gone back later and looked at that, sometimes Jesus has to physically lead us out of the place where we currently are in order for us to see clear. And that's exactly what had to happen with me is Jesus said, I'm gonna take you somewhere so I can show you just a bigger picture than your own world and just to have a bigger idea of who I am. And when I got over in that environment, I realized I could have been born here. I didn't choose where I was born. I kind of released in me kind of, in a way, a little bit of um, maybe self-pity that there was. Um, it released in me, uh, I'm incredibly fortunate to have the mom I did for 40 years because I talked with several moms. I talked with a mom that lost five kids mm. and to, to look at God in a different lens of how fortunate I was just to be born where I, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to an amazing family and gave me a bigger view of God and a bigger view of how blessed I am and how big of an impact I get. I got to help make just being over there um, for the people there. So did that bring the life you were talking about in relationship? Yeah. Suddenly came alive and suddenly things seemed to make sense to you? Yes. Yeah, so I, I felt there, um, I remember I went back and looked at my journal just the other day and I wrote, I feel very alive here. And I think what it was, was I, it was a time to really just get real with God. Like if God was good when my mom beat cancer twice, he's still good when she did it. Mm. And God, God, the Bible says in Malachi, I am the Lord and I do not change. God doesn't change. Our circumstances around us change all the time. Uh, everything on a daily basis, nothing, anything can happen in the twinkling of an eye, anything can happen and we don't know what's gonna happen in the next five minutes. But the reality is, is God does. God is good, God is good in those situations. And for me, it was just realizing, I'm not gonna have the answers to everything. The very first sin in the Garden of Eden was man and, and Adam and Eve wanting to know what God knows. And for us, so many of us struggle with, we wanna know what God knows, but God hasn't given me that right. That's part of the reason he's God and I'm not. But you can know him. We can know him. <laughs> in a very personal relationship. Yep. And even when you have questions, is he still trustworthy? Absolutely, absolutely. What a better place, where else do you take your doubts? Mm -hmm. How has this affected you in your relationship with, with Brittany and now your little baby? <laughs> and now then you are a pastor mm -hmm. of a satellite church, Broken Arrow, an area yeah. just outside Tulsa. You're there now. 
what's going on inside of you as you look at your family and everything and you and God and them and you look yeah. at the people you're seeking to help in that broken area in the church? You know, when, when Jesus um, was teaching a crowd, the Bible says that he looked upon them and had compassion. And I would say what God did in me going on that trip and since then as God has given me an, an incredible new level of compassion for people. Uh, before this happened... And they for, don't have to be in Africa. No, no. So I, I walk down halls and I talk to someone maybe that's been diagnosed with cancer or I talk with someone that's you know going through a traumatic family experience and my compassion level for those people is a level that it never was before them. Uh, you know, you can grow up with this idea that basically if you have any struggles in your life, it's your fault. Like you brought this on you. The disciples thought this way too, right? Who sinned that this man was born blind? And Jesus says, neither. Like neither his parents nor him sinned. And we, so we want to apply reason to everything where, where we live here. And I think for me, it was as much as now I get to walk down and somebody and somebody's going through something and my, my sense of compassion and my true ability to be able to relate to someone and um, to really care for them and to be able to empathize with what they're going through is so, so, so important um, whenever you're pastoring people. Well, I, I think too, and I, I listen to you and how God has dealt with you in this healing process, really. And it, it's one that goes on day by day. But I, I think about the awesomeness of God and now how you can especially, you said you went over to Africa and you could relate to those yeah. children, you know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the way I felt. I, I could go over there and relate and hear about these moms that are losing, because I lost yeah. a daughter. Yeah. But in the gentleness and the way that God deals with us individually, yeah. it's just so mind-boggling. Yeah. And it's just so awesome because in, He dealt with you differently yeah. as, a, as a son. Yep. He dealt with me differently as a mother. Yep. But we all come to the same conclusion is, what a great God we have. Yeah. And we don't always yeah. understand the ways of God, yeah. but He is awesome. That's so good. I feel like I can see that you want this God that you're getting to know yeah. more fully. You want everybody to move into that relationship because that relationship can be so real that it can help us go through any, any journey, any valley, any challenge in life. I, I, th I think one of the things that through the, this process for me, I've discovered the greatest, God, the greatest work God wants to do is in you, yeah. not to you. Like God, God doesn't, he's not just after felt needs. He's not just after the exter external circumstances. He wants to do something in you. And I think that's for me, God used the situation. I'm not, I'm not saying that every situation is the same. I'm not saying that every person is gonna go through it like I did. But for me, my journey, God used this as a way to, uh, with gentleness, God, like you mentioned, God uses like a surgeon. He's just yeah, like, I'm just going to, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to lose your sense of understanding here to me. You're going to surrender that to me. You're going to surrender some of your need to know everything to me. Because for me, I often took the approach that God was kind of an errand boy, like running my, running my, my needs, doing what I need him to do, as opposed to, no, I exist to do what God needs me to do. <laughs> And it's a very different posture when you make God king instead of a butler. And for me, I think what I, what I want to share with people, though, is God does not want to leave you in the middle of that process. 
God doesn't leave us there. Like God is a God of restoration. There may be pain, pain along the way. There may be pain like Job suffered pain, but at the end of the book, God restores him. There may be pain like Joseph suffered, but at the end of his book, God restores Joseph and he restores that family relationship. And for me, that's the God I see is I, my mom's not coming back in this life, but my hope, what we get to hope for is that God of restoration, that God we get to look forward to and the hope that we have in heaven going forward. You appreciate Chris sharing his journey and being able to share with us. And let me just say that, that I, don't, I don't know where you are, but uh, you, you would be amazed because it's not an exaggeration. If Betty and I knew you, if I was around you and could even hear your heart, however hurt it is or disappointed you are or challenged you are, if you kind of just dump it out, I'm going to really care. And, and I'm, I'm going to, without exaggeration, say I would really like to correct every, every issue in your life and every challenge and meet, meet every need. And if I can say that and yet not be able to do all of that, however much I care to, how great is it that someone else cares that much and more and is able to deliver whatever is necessary in your life? to shape the fullness of life into you through Christ. Please understand, that's really the reason you're watching. No matter what you've gone through, God wants to walk out the rest of your life with you, you living in the shelter and shadow of the reality of His presence. Father, I pray for every person right now that have been trying to listen to a family that didn't go through something. We're still going through it. This, this is not something you get over. It's something we walk with. And you said you will never leave us. You'll walk with us. We can live in the shelter and shadow of your abiding presence. And it's not an exaggeration. So, Father, I pray that for everyone watching, whatever's going on in their life, that they'd reach up today and touch you and allow you to come into their circumstances and their life totally. In Jesus' name. Listen. There's a phone number there that's paid for by love. It's an 800 number. You want someone to pray with you. Say, I want to, listen, I want to know God. Like Chris was talking about going through the journey. I've been, but I want, to, I want to get where I just know that God's got his arms around me and I'm holding on to him. And ask someone to agree with you in that prayer. And then, Chris, you talked about going to the mission field and, and seeing those children. Mm -hmm. Our viewers often wonder, does what you do really help them? Does it change their lives, does it? Yes, absolutely. Are the missionaries the real deal that are over there? Absolutely, an incredible group of people. In other words, the love that these viewers share yeah. does exactly what it was sent to do. Absolutely. And it's miraculous. Absolutely. Mirac miraculous nothing became a part of your own journey. Yeah. With the loss of your mom, it, it helped you grow what you saw there. And you wouldn't have seen it without the viewers. Absolutely. They're the ones that make it happen. This is what I want you to see, please. I want you to look in right now and just see, you'll see Chris there, but I want you to say, God, what do I do about the situation? I want to be a part of the change process, and I know you're going to work change in me. Watch closely. Wait a minute. I can't get them to stop pressing in on us where I can even get to the suit. I mean, these people are hungry. See the absolute desperation? I mean, I can't even feed them. Unfortunately, too many children know what happens when the food runs out. They know it will quickly become a desperate situation where they're fighting to survive. 
children and their parents end up scavenging for anything to eat to fight off their gnawing hunger pains. And sometimes the children will even eat things that aren't considered food just to try and feel better. I'm sitting here with this little boy and when I came in, I noticed he was sitting here and uh, he's eating dirt. Um, he's trying to fill his little stomach and he's trying to take that hunger away. It won't. I've never seen a child eat dirt. The impact of this type of food crisis is particularly devastating to the youngest victims. Once the effects of severe malnutrition set in, desperate parents will try and walk for miles to get help in a clinic. This is why we need your continued support for mission feeding because we do know that she's been here about a week now and if you can imagine that she's gotten better, she's improved, so if you can imagine a condition worse than this. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray over this little girl. I ask that you heal her in the name of Jesus. I ask that we help all these kids in Jesus' name. You know, Chris, we were all in the room with your mom when she was, was leaving, and if somebody had been able to walk into the room and say, uh, Robin, here, and give her something that's perfect, wouldn't that have been an awesome thing? <laughs> and we would have all rejoiced. We know she's perfect now, Absolutely. the Lord. But, but Chris, there's a perfect cure for those little children. Yeah. We can get them before they get them into that last-ditch effort in the yeah. clinics, which you pay for, too. You, you are the ones that provide those clinics. But what we know works, Betty, is we feed them where we find the need and we organize them. Missionaries are so marvelous. And then we begin to feed them the nourishing uh, uh, porridge that is just really scientifically developed by caring individuals to meet the exact need. And it is the miracle cure. It works. It doesn't fail. It works. We can keep them from having to take their precious babies to the clinic for one last resort, one last little bit of hope. As I, as I think about those mothers and those children look in the eyes of their mothers and they say, why can't I have something to eat? A mother wants to provide every need for her child and it breaks their hearts when they can't but they need our help. We can make the difference. We can get the food to them and they can grow up healthy, wonderful children to their blessings to their mothers. So please help us. Please help us feed as many as needed. We love you for that. Thank you. You, you know, today we had our little granddaughter, Chris's little, little girl is so beautiful, little, little Ella, and, and we got to feed her. And she just smiled and just thinking we were giving her what she, we could tell when she got hungry. She made it known, and she was so happy when she got food. And it was such a joy to us to have a part in that. Listen to me, this is the thing I want you to realize. You're reaching out with the arms and hands of Jesus. We, we are his body. You're actually reaching out and lifting up those little children, and then you give them what they need, and it's the perfect cure. It's not like praying for some miracle drug or some pharmaceutical miracle that will solve it. We, this is a nutritional reality. And we've been doing it now for 30 years. Millions and millions of children's lives saved. Now they are many of them leaders in their communities. Many of them are teachers. 
Many of them are ministers and witnesses for Christ, millions of them. But it all came because somebody like you watching life today said, I'm going to take care of three children or five or 10, 30, 50 or $100. We can care for three, five or 10 children the next months. Now we just have a short time left to raise the funds for the 400,000 children we've reached out to now. And we've got in place and we've told them we're going to care for them. But it all depends upon your love, God's love through you. Would you right now please get up, get your bank card or get a check, make it to life or take that card and go online or dial the number and just use that bank card like a check and make the gift God puts on your heart. If you could give $1,000 and feed 100 kids, that'd be wonderful. 100 will feed 10, whatever you can do. And I always ask you to, to think big. I mean, if you could touch 100 children, do it. But remember, if it's three and that's what you can do, look what it does for those three and for the mothers. Thank you so much. We have some gifts we're going to send you to say thank you. One of them is the great story of the mission feeding and the founder, Peter Pretorius. It is an incredible book. You won't be able to put it down. Thank you so much right now for going online or dialing the number. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great. And without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. Through Life's Mission Feeding Outreach, you can save lives by feeding and caring for children currently suffering in parts of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need your support to replenish food supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Death-Defying Faith, The Extraordinary Life of Miracle Man Peter Pretorius. This autobiography, completed just days before his unexpected death, chronicles the thrill-seeking adventures of missionary Peter Pretorius. You will love reading how God took this ordinary man and performed extraordinary miracles throughout all of Africa. With your gift of $100 or more, request the beautiful Faith and Hope pen set, two beautifully crafted pens featuring the keywords of Hebrews 11.1, 1, a key verse for every believer, especially when facing adversity, trials, and challenges. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, I'm really excited to send you the book to say thanks for your gift. This is such an amazing book. Uh, you know, our grandson talked about how really his life, and you know, he'd been around Christianity and wonderful Christians and an awesome mother and dad and a great church. And yet what he went through caused him to ask serious questions. And yet on the mission field right over here where Peter Pretorius had death-defying faith. Yeah. It impacted you right there too. Oh, but it yeah. did us too. It changed us. It changed, it really changed the whole ministry. And it was amazing what happened. We went from winning hundreds of thousands of people to Christ to winning millions to Christ, as well as saving millions of lives. We did it together. Would you say thanks to Chris for coming and sharing with us? Chris, thank you, buddy. I love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Very proud. We're going to talk to Chris another program now about what he's doing now. All right.
You're not responsible for their expectations of you. You're answerable to God. Run in your own lane tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.